Hey everyone, it's Ben here. Just wanted to give you a heads up about the audio quality on this episode. The first 10 or so minutes uh, before we go into the old-timey commercial and then the review itself, uh, the audio is a little bit... I want to say tinny. Um, I think I screwed something up during the original recording process. I'm not able to really clean the audio up any more than I already have done. It's not unlistenable, but it. I just wanted to give you guys a heads up because it is... It is noticeable, and I don't want you to think the whole episode is going to be like that. It's just the first, um, you know, 10 or so minutes. After the old-timey commercial break, and we come back, the audio is much, much cleaner, it's much nicer, and uh, the rest of the episode is fine. But I did want to give you guys a heads up. Thanks for uh, listening and downloading this episode. Thank you for bearing with us while we've had kind of our, our scheduling issues over the last uh, month as well. And uh, enjoy the episode. I think it's, uh, I think it's a fun one. Thank you very much. Hello and welcome to the live show edit with Ben and Molly. I am Ben. And I'm Queen Frostine, here to grant your candy wishes. I have no frame of reference. What? No, we well, don't. How familiar are you with Candyland? I am 0% familiar oh, with no! Candyland. No! Okay. Oh, I don't think I can handle being the authority. You have to be the authority. I've been the authority for several episodes okay. in a row. It's your turn. Well, the last time I played Candyland, I think it was in sixth grade for like a science review game. Like, in class, we played it. Seems like an odd... I know very... It was a Christian school where science (laughs) was a term we threw around very loosely. (laughs) This is the same school that had the Defense Against the Dark Arts class? Yeah. That's not what it was called, but that's essentially what it was. That's basically what it was. Um, So we are watching Candyland this week, which puts me at a disadvantage because I don't believe Candyland is a board game that has ever been made available in the UK, so I never had any exposure oh, no. to it as a kid. My, the only time I, I remember seeing it on the shelf in Andy's room in Toy Story, and did it fill end. you with a sense of, of longing? I thought it. I thought that name is so stupid. It has to be a fake board game oh. that they've made up for the movie, and then it's real and it exists. And we're going to watch a movie that they made. I know it's irrational, but I feel personally attacked. Really? <laughs> really? This Candyland. I'm not dissing Candyland, it just doesn't feel real. It is real. Well then tell me tell me about Candyland. Um you roll the dice, you move your mice. And by mice I mean Is that not mousetrap? Um uh, maybe I don't know what Candyland <laughs> is either. It is a land of candy. Yeah, it's it's a game for children. It's mm-hmm. it's a it's a board game designed to take fifteen minutes or less to play through all the way, so your okay. children don't get bored. And do they get bored? Um, I remember getting bored, but I also don't like board games. Okay. Well, that's because your your tastes are strange. Yeah, well, it is like a character flaw of mine, and I own up to that. You you have, and I don't want to put you on blast on the podcast. Oh, I'm, I can't wait to hear the rest of the sentence. You are predisposed towards not having... 
fun. Yes. Is that right? Yeah, Is I that- really don't care for fun. I just, I don't like games. I don't need to supplement my anxiety with, like, additional simulated anxiety that comes with playing a game with imagined stakes. And it's the, it's, it's the, uh, it's the competitive aspect of games that yeah, you don't like. Yeah, that I because, don't care for. Because as we've mentioned a couple of times on the podcast before, we do a weekly Dungeons & Dragons game yeah. that you really enjoy. But it's cooperative and it's yeah. storytelling. It doesn't feel like a game... Uh, until we roll initiative, and I think you can see every time you say "let's roll initiative," my eyes kind of roll back into my head. You, you, and you my... kind of mentally clock out <laughs> during initiative, and my face goes ashy, and I just kind of <laughs> leave do... this plane of existence until the combat is over. You do kind of. It is a bit like the end of Infinity where you just kind of just dissolve. Kind of... <laughs> Spoilers. <laughs> It's if they're watching. Listening Spoiler alert! At the end of Infinity War, um, Iron Molly Man turns takes, Iron Man takes out a bottle of water and he dissolves some crystal light in it. And takes a big <laughs> swig and says, "Yum yum yum." Uh, That's spo- how it ends. Spoiler for the end of Infinity War: Molly at the end of Infinity War just goes away. They make a whole initiative, and her entire <laughs> being is is absolutely yeah, against my, it. My body. I try to shake things up with D anD D, and I realize that we are not watching a Dungeons and Dragons movie. We this will week. be eventually. It is on the list. I think it should be soon. I feel like we have to discuss what the next few episodes are going to be. I think very we soon. might need to reward ourselves. Yeah, we after need, this episode, we really do. Um, we would very much do a reward very soon. There's so much bad stuff. We watched so much bad stuff. Yeah. We deserve a break. I don't know. I've never seen this movie, and I'm pretty sure that statistically 0.00% of our listening audience has seen this movie. Well, would you like to hear what Wikipedia has to say about this movie? Yes. Candyland, the great lollipop adventure, is a 2005 animated direct-to-DVD film in which Jib the Gingerbread Boy, Princess Lolly, and Mr. Mint try to save Candyland from the evil Lord Licorice. I love this because it po- it posits Licorice as the villain, and Licorice is always bad. I would think that Broccoli would be the villain if we're speaking in Candyland terms. Uh, what is the opposite of candy? Math. I guess Licorice. <laughs> math. <laughs> math. <laughs> yeah. A vacuum where no candy is. Okay, yes, yeah, it's, it's just. It's just a, a bubble of nothing. Licorice is objectively terrible. Licorice is... So I can believe that. Red licorice is the least unacceptable form of licorice. But if you were to give me the choice between licorice and literally any other candy, I would probably choose that candy. With the obvious exception of any kind of peanut butter-based candies. What about the like a vomit jelly bean? I would eat the vomit jelly bean. Over licorice? Over every time. I would eat licorice. I wouldn't enjoy it. But if the alternative is a pukey bean, that's not a hard choice for me. Do you want to hear who the cast of this movie is? I are? would love to because I haven't I haven't researched this at all. Okay. Jib? Jib. Jib is played by... How is Jib spelled? J-I-B. But he's gingerbread. Yes. Shouldn't it be G-I-B? Yeah, but then we've got the Jib versus Gib. Jib versus hard Gib. Hard G. And I'm always team Hard G. Okay. Um, Alberto Gizzy? Jizzy? Jizzy? <laughs> Alberto Jizzy? Albert, Alberto Jizzy. Uh, is, is Jim. Oh no. I know, I might, might have just upset. No, it's Alberto Gizzy. <laughs> uh, Ian James Corlett is Mr. Mint. I'm waiting to hear a name that I recognize, because you made out like, like you were going to be reading some names that would have some sort of significance. Not, here's the thing, 
all of these people have links to their articles on Wikipedia. Not all of them have articles to link mm. to. Uh, Scott McNeil is King Candy, who I imagine is not the same King Candy as was Rick in Ricky Ralph. Ralph. Doug Parker is two characters named Jolly and Gloppy. Oh! Oh, and Scott McNeil is also a licorice bite. <laughs> that's not a role, that's just his, you know, it's just a term it's of endearment that we have. Yeah, uh, Britt McKillop is Princess Lolly. Are there any real names on this list? I think there might be one. Okay, read um, it to me. Mark Oliver as Lord Licorice. Now, he's not the name. I want, I want the name. Give me the name. Kathleen Barr. Is that the name? I think so, as Princess oh. Frostine. I'm clicking on her link. She's a Canadian voice actress, best known for voicing uh, Mary Kanker and Kevin in Ed, Ed and Eddie, and Trixie and Queen Chrysalis in My Little Pony Friendship is Magic. Well, that will be significant to some people. Yeah. But not to me. And then Ellen Kennedy is Grammar Nut. Grammar Nut. I don't know if that's Grammar Nut or Grammar Nut. Grammar Nut. Uh, uh, she's nuts about grammar. And then Jane Mortifee as Mama Ginger Tree, a tree that replaces Plumpy. I may have just oh. spoiler alert, I guess. No, Plumpy. And <laughs> you already built an attachment. Um, now Wikipedia does say that this thing is 57 minutes long. So this is, this is gonna be a short one for us. It's gonna be short for us, but it's not gonna be objectively short. It's going to feel like space and time bend around us. I'm... We've done this before though, but there was another film we watched that was relatively short, right? And then we- Barbie. The Barbie- Barbie and the Rockers was- what, like, 45 minutes long? Yeah, It so. felt like seven eternities. It felt like coming out from under anesthesia. It was like coming out of cryogenic suspension <laughs> and discovering your family died centuries ago in a nuclear holocaust. You have to marry a roach who's also your son. Yes. I'm not a, I'm not emotionally ready for this, but we have to do it. We, have so to, we just... made a promise to the internet. <laughs> Shall we? Okay, we will, uh, we're gonna go away and watch this movie. We will be right back after these very old commercial. <laughs> Why can't I speak today? Are you just laughing at me? Yeah. Because it's funny? Yeah. <laughs> I'm laughing because it's I sad. like laughing at your distress. Okay, we're gonna go, uh, I can't speak today. We're gonna go away and watch this movie. We will be right back after these very old commercial messages. I did it! Yay! I'm looking for a little boy and a little girl who are too small to be able to read yet. And let's see. There they are. Now, do you know what? Milton Bradley has made a game just for you. And it's called Candyland. And you don't have to be able to read to be able to play it. And is it ever fun? Watch. Now, each of you has a gingerbread man like this. Now, you draw a card. And on the card, there's a color. And you move your gingerbread man to the square that has the same color. And off you go on a thrilling trip through the peppermint stick forest and up over the gumdrop mountains. And the first one to reach home sweet home wins the game. Candyland. It's a game just like the older kids play, but it's your very own. Ask for Candyland. It's fun. And who makes the best games in the world? Nothing Bradley! Get Candyland. Welcome back. Every time I hear one of those commercials, it makes me want to run out and buy something. The product in the commercial or just anything at it, all? Literally anything. You're just 
capitalism overwhelms you and you're like, I need to relieve myself of this money. I am, if I may borrow a McElroyism, horny for capitalism. <laughs> so we just watched, uh, what's the full title of that, this Candy, stupid movie? Can, can, Candyland. Candyland. great lollipop adventure, which is funny because lollipops don't really play any sort of role well no they appear at the very end at the very end it's a lollipop adventure in the sense that at the end their reward is a lollipop but they didn't realize that that's what they were gonna get yeah the real uh lollipops were the the friends friends they made made along the way this is gonna be one in what i will describe as a string of episodes where we do not have the equipment the human brain is not equipped <laughs> to adequately explain what this film is. The The human language is such a blunt tool. It's such an imprecise instrument for communication that we do not have... I feel like we would have... If this podcast were in Japanese, we'd have a much better time explaining... Or even German. They would have words for... Yeah. Well, if it were German, we would just keep on adding words... Just make one big long compound word. Yeah. And that would be the whole episode was just a single word. It's a single word. Yeah. Podcasting. Podcasting. Candy. What? Podcasting Candyland. De Gricht. Candylander. De Gricht. Lollipop Gr- Adventuring. Gr- yes. I, I don't know what Gricht is. I've just made it I think you word. might have just insulted someone in German. Yes. It sounds like a bad word. It does sound like I probably said the fart lollipop adventure. <laughs> what? No. This is a film that, firstly, it was 2005 distributed by Paramount Pictures, so this may be the first entry in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, <laughs> because that is what I associate the uh, Paramount Pictures logo with, is that first phase of Marvel movies. So uh, this might predate Iron, Iron Man. Iron Man, yeah. That's probably where they got the idea. Yeah. Um, I think they made this movie and they were like, I like it, but what if we did something completely different and never touched this again? What if? I like it, but what if it was Iron Man? <laughs> what if it was Iron Man trying to save the day instead of a gingerbread child gluing a licorice man to a cake? Which does happen yeah. in this film. Are either of us really in a position where we can we could confidently describe the narrative of this Recap movie? Recap the plot. I think my favourite thing was at the very beginning and the music kicked in and Molly had a reaction that I can only describe as visceral and palpable. <laughs> you were... This film is a musical when it remembers to be a musical, which is not very often, but it does start with a song that was, I think... <laughs> it was a song in the key of Molly's heart. <laughs> I did, yeah, I resonated with it. I have a problem where, like, I see the colors and I hear the music and I just suspend all cynicism. <laughs> for and 17 I just, seconds. For a few seconds and I just genuinely get really, really excited. That, because that happened with the My Little with Pony my movie little pony as well. Also you were happened, very jazzed but as, It's like... As soon as the opening credits are over, like, that goes away. If you, if this film had just been the opening credits... I would have been good. You would have been happy. Five stars. Two enthusiastic thumbs up. Very all the way up. Yeah, but they... They made more movie. They made more movie. Unfortunately, this movie was not 45 seconds long. No, and that really was their undoing, because if they quit while they were ahead, and while they were ahead was less than a minute into this motion picture, 
This is a 57-minute movie. Well, the credits are really long, to be fair. Yes. This is a a 50-minute movie at best. And it exists. You can watch it on YouTube in its entirety, by the way. That's how we watched it. Was we were on, not going to pay money for this. Oh, heavens cinematic no. Cinematic experience. I did look it up on Amazon, and it is about $60 for this it's film 60, on DVD. It's out of $69.99. Yeah. It's, to buy the DVD. To, to buy new. Who wants this movie so badly that they would pay $70 American dollars? I guess if you're a collector of candy and paraphernalia. Oh, are we making jokes? Was that supposed to have been a joke? Oh, yeah, I was kind of aiming for something joke adjacent, so... Do you want to, should we do that again, or...? I don't have any jokes. I'm still... Hang I on. still feel intimately betrayed by the, the intro. And the music, we just... Yeah. The piano was like, bong! Yes. I'm gonna I'm gonna say the line again, and I want you to say what comes oh, no. into your heart. Oh, I want no. What's in your heart to come out of your mouth, okay? Oh, no! Who would pay $70 for this movie? I Da-da. feel like I would on a really bad day. <laughs> <laughs> but we didn't have to. No. We paid zero dollars. Zero dollars. Because if this, if if paying seventy dollars for it had been the only way to watch it, we would not have watched it. Yeah, we would not have reviewed it. Fortunately, the copyright holders of this film care so little about Ah. their baby that no one has filed a copyright dispute. How old is this movie? Two thousand five. So it's thirteen. Thirteen years old. Yes. Um, so it's old enough to be out on its own. Yeah, it's old enough to. I mean, at this point, you can get kind to of be like, on YouTube. Yeah, there are there are kids playing, you know, posting Fortnite videos right now, but they yeah. scam their parents out of their credit cards to pay for Fortnite bucks or whatever the fuck that are younger than this movie. So, this movie is making a fortune doing unboxing videos. And, yes, and Fortnite. Yeah, and lives in the same neighborhood as uh, Logan Paul. So these aren't, these, we're not doing a good job of selling this movie. No, no, I don't think, here's the thing, we don't need to because it's on YouTube in its entirety because it's one of those movies where literally everyone involved is like, yeah, I really don't care if I make any more. Mm-hmm. I don't know if this was a union project. Part of me has doubts. I do wonder, just everything about it from a writing perspective, the dialogue, yes. the, the quote plot has a very like... NaNoWriMo first draft kind of vibe to it. Yeah. Of like, someone wrote this over a weekend and it was produced, I want to say, in less than three months. Yeah, it has a real kind of dinosaurs on a spaceship, first draft is good enough, let's just make this bad boy attitude to it, that I'm not convinced should have been made. I think... If anybody cared about this movie, they have long since... Passed for- on. They've passed on or they've forgotten. By by mentioning this movie, by talking about it, we have already, I think, spent more time talking about this movie... Than they did when they were Than they did it. when they were making it. Or than anyone has at any point over the last 13 years. <sighs> I have to imagine there's some kid somewhere who this was their go-to as a child, or this was what their grandparents thought was their go-to, so this was the one that they just put on. There's no love. But I've stopped looking for love in these movies. Oh, that's so sad. Oh, that's so sad. When did you give up? Um, Mario. Really? That's early. (laughs) Oh, no. And then we watched the Lego movie, and I was like, oh, this is a nice change of pace. And then it, like, hurt all the more when we had to return to... Emoji movie. The next week. 
Yeah. Oh, God. It's just been a real roller coaster. And I, I don't like how cynical I'm getting. About these movies? Yeah. But you was, I feel there was like so a part much... of me is dying. There was so much joy. I know. I, I I laughed really hard because Molly literally said, oh no, I think I like this. <laughs> I actually, I wrote down exactly what you said. Oh, great. I did write it down. Um, I feel betrayed. Oh no, I love it. That's what you actually <laughs> said. There's a lot going on. There was on. so much promise in the, in the opening credits. Just the world building of it. Not good, objectively, but potentially fun. And enjoyable. Scratch is an itch that I have, which is seeing people made out of candy having a good time. We had, throughout this movie, several questions about the... Dichotomy. Yeah. It's kind of the, the goofy Pluto yeah. problem. You don't know... like Main how, macro. How can you tell which candy is for eating and which candy has an immortal soul? Yeah. And candy is naturally occurring. So lollipops sprout out of the ground. Candy canes gumdrops, you name it. But then also, there's a gingerbread boy whose mother is a gingerbread tree. And there's this that gummy dog thing, that shape-shifting... A shape-shifting gummy dinosaur dog. There's Mr. Mint, who I have to assume is an anthropomorphic mint man. I think if you bit into him, it would taste he like would, peppermint. He would be minty, He yeah. kept saying pepperminty-rific, which isn't a thing. Shouldn't be a thing. And I demand that it stop being a thing. As far as we're aware, Mr. Mint is the only one of his kind. Yeah, we don't he see anyone else. He probably reproduces asexually. He probably just, like, breaks one of his arms off, plants it in the ground, and that makes a candy cane. Kind of like Groot. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Except he has a slightly less That's my theory, yeah. Unfortunately, I wish that he had said fewer words, Mr. Mint. <laughs> I want him to be locked away. He should be sent to an internment camp. There were a lot of... Incompetent adults being unhelpful or derailing the plans of children who were just trying their best <laughs> and weren't equipped no with what one, they needed. No one in... It's kind of the Pokemon... Which I identify with. I know what it feels <laughs> like. It's the Pokemon problem in that the children are expected to just kind of get on with it and 0% of the adults are able to facilitate any of that happening. Yeah. They just kind of offer vague sentiments of, you can do it. Yeah. Like, I mean, here's the thing with Pokemon. Everyone thinks, well, no, like, Professor Oak got Ash started on his journey. No. Like, he gave Ash a shitty Pokemon that tried to kill him several times. That's the narrative of, like, the first... Do you think Professor Oak has it in for Ash? Uh, He's like, there can only be one person named after a tree. I think that uh, you have to remember that Professor Oak's grandson Gary is 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 Ash's direct rival, and Gary I'm Gary Oak. Gary Oak. I'm pretty confident that I mean my I know my grandparents would play favorites if they were Pokemon scientists. So you think Professor Oak is actively trying to kill his grandson's nemesis? Yeah, and the fact that he is so bad at it. <laughs> not only did he not kill this child, this child has been alive. For, want to say, 20-some years. But this child has stayed a child, so maybe he, like, put a curse on him that he will never physically or emotionally or mentally mature. He's also just a bad Pokemon trainer. And he'll he'll always be a bad Pokemon trainer. It's bad. Hey, I've got a Butterfree. I'm gonna let it go. Bye! No, you an idiot, Ash. Dumb. Oh, my Charizard's so bad, I'm gonna keep using him anyway. Idiot. Now... 
I notice that we are spending more time talking about Pokemon because there is so little substance to this movie. Basically, I'm going to try to recap it, but... Yeah, I think one of us has to, and I don't know that I can. I don't... It's less that I don't remember what happened as much as I don't understand. Like, the basic plot conceit is that there's King Candy... Kink Andy. Kink Andy. Kink Andy. There's Kinky Andy. <laughs> Andy his, Kink Boy. In his, there's the Kinky King. King. Kink. Kink. <laughs> kink. I'm having a tiny little stroke right now. <laughs> Just a little one. Can um, you raise your arms for me? Okay, I want the record to show that she did raise I her did. arms for me. What do you smell right now? Um, Just some toast. Yeah? Well, in fairness, I'm eating toast. Okay. I'm eating toast right now. It smells like it's caught a little bit, but... Yeah, I mean, I definitely left it in there. Um, and he's... He, the king... Uh, king candy. Jesus <laughs> Christ. Have some candy! It's not <laughs> the same king candy, should be stressed. He's... There's some sort of ceremony, some sort of time-sensitive candy ceremony. <laughs> it's, it's bad planning. It's kind of like Candyland Tax Day. Where all of the <laughs> all of the candy folks have to bring their offering. That's yeah. literally what they call it. They're like, I have to bring an offering of like my peppermint stick or my frosting or my gummies. Or my humps. Or my humps. My humps, my, my, humps, humps, my, my humps. lovely lady humps. Yes. This seems like really like the logistics of this seem very bad. It seems like they should have okay, we want everyone to show up the day before. That way there is a buffer in case something goes wrong, such as for example, Mr. Licorice trying to take over Lord candy. Lord Licorice. Lord Licorice. My apologies. I, I forgot that he got his Lord Doctorate. <laughs> um, yeah, it seems odd that they would want the candy folks to all show up exactly at the moment when the ceremony is supposed to take place. Yeah, you. I would build in a, so a buffer. The ceremony is basically Princess Lolly waves her wand on the offerings... And it's supposed to open up a portal to a new candy realm for the Candylanders to colonize. Did that now? Did that Basically, plot point come up earlier, or did we discover that in the finale? I I honestly can't remember if they mentioned it. Now, Jif, Jib, 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 Jib colon cut of your um, was sent by his mother a tree. He's a little gingerbread boy. Yeah, he's a gingerbread boy who was uh, set. He's been sent to King Candy's castle to give them their the offering, which is the frosting, which is described by the mother as quote neat, sweet, and sticks to just about everything. Now, this is the first of this one. I will give them as possibly being unintentional. This film does have, and you observed this while we were watching it. A not inconsiderable amount of foot and butt contact. Also, just the nature of it being a candy place. There's a lot of goopy, sticky, oh, we're covered in a substance kind of stuff. There's going a lot on. of people being restrained. There's a as lot well. of being restrained. There, the licorice, Lord Licorice, he his thing is he just wants to grow vines, licorice vines. And the licorice vines, not entirely unlike tentacles There's a certain in their behavior and appearance yes. and propensity to physically restrain people. There's, there's definitely a lot of that. 
I'm having trouble remembering, but I've watched three movies in the last 24 hours. Last night, I watched In the Loop. Before that, I watched Tucker and Dale vs. Evil for the very first time. Thoroughly enjoyed it. I can tell you everything that happened in Tucker and Dale vs. Evil. Right now, if you want me to write a book report, could do that. No problem. We just watched Candyland Great Muppet Caper. And <laughs> I all I know is that it was animated... And every adult made poor choices. I watched Mamma Mia last night. I feel like I had the better film. Well, it's more this. This was a musical. Candyland. It was. It was an incidental musical when they remembered to make it a musical. Yeah. I could not hum a single one of those musical numbers to you. I could hum the entirety of Mamma Mia to you. That's because it's Abba's greatest hits. I know. Why would okay? So you can go into a store, you can walk into an HMV or a Woolworths or what have you, and go to the American stores. Go to their vinyl department and buy the Mamma Mia soundtrack for a quarter or whatever. Yes. Um, The exchange rate. Yeah. Why would not doing so well? Why would anyone choose to buy the Mamma Mia soundtrack? When Abba's Greatest Hits, A, already exists, and B, is vastly superior by virtue of the fact that it's not Piers Brosnan singing any of the songs. Can you answer that question for me? I can't. I'm here to talk about Candyland. <laughs> I feel like I'm picking a fight with someone that gives out, who gives out free samples at Costco about something that has nothing to do with any of the free samples. Yeah. I'm not... I can't defend people's bad decisions. I mean, you... If someone wants to listen... Well, that's kind of also my role on this. Never mind. I... I... (laughs) Sometimes I try to defend people's bad decisions. The other thing you have to remember is that there are... Bad creative decisions. There is at least one human being who watches the movie before we get to this part of the show. So, we've done that to a person. Oh, no. I'm sorry, Bouncy Castle. (laughs) I'm really, really sorry. Bouncy Castle Conqueror in particular, if you're out there, hello. We're sorry. I feel you like... You chose this poor, approach. You chose... They chose to watch the movie. They made the choice. They can't take it back. They can't take it back. But neither can we. We're all in the same hell boat. The only difference is they can't engage in this conversation. They're listening to it thinking, please say something funny. I don't know that I have any funny in me to discuss this... We Let's let's talk about the, 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 the licorice pedophile for a minute because yeah. this man exists... Firstly, you made an interesting point while we were watching. Why is the villain of this piece also candy? Why would he not be, as you suggested, broccoli? Yes. That makes sense. Now, I have an answer for that because I've been thinking about it. Or a dentist drill. I have an answer for that. Toothpaste. He could be toothpaste. The reason why the villain is also candy, and keep in mind I know nothing about the board game, is if the villain of the film were broccoli... Parents are not going to want their kids to watch this because they will have a hard time getting their kids to. Oh, eat that's vegetables. like a legitimate concern. I thought you were going to make a joke. No, no, this is my about genuine like, like intra-community candy problems. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's really those in the candy community. I can't comment on not being a candy person yeah. myself. I wouldn't want to comment on the yeah. the social political climate of Candyland. And you can't have a dentist drill because you don't want children to be any more terrified of the dentist than they already are. So you have to pick another form of candy. What do you pick? What's the bad candy? Can't be Butterfinger because even though it's terrible and a hate crime, there's... Oh you can't... no! See, I like 
I used to love Butterfinger. I can't eat them anymore. They're just they're not they good. Sick, and, well, I mean, my I have my feeling is that this is the thing. Americans, you you guys, and I say this, I'm saying this to the microphone I now. I'm so excited to hear how the sentence ends. Americans, you guys know peanut butter better than any other country peanut on this butter planet. Is the nectar of the gods? It's 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 you. It's the divine ambrosia. Yes. And I will not hear anyone say anything bad about peanut butter. No, I love peanut butter. I I'm a big. I like I like a peanut butter sandwich. I like a peanut butter and Nutella sandwich. That's really it. For for whatever reason, this great nation that we live in does not know how to properly weaponize peanut butter in candy form. Butterfingers taste like they were shat out by the devil himself. I like Butterfingers, and also I don't think of Butterfingers as being very peanut buttery, because the stuff in the middle doesn't okay. taste like peanut butter. Well, then let's move along to Reese's... Various selection of can- no, none of yeah. them. Exactly zero percent. Well, you are entitled to your beliefs, and I am entitled to mine, and that is that. What is it you don't like about Reese's? The peanut butter flavor, candied peanut butter tastes. So you don't like, like it when the peanut butter has been sweetened in any way. I don't think it works in the candy form. Okay, so like you wouldn't like peanut butter frosting on something. No, no. But um, peanut butter by itself, salty, savory peanut butter, you don't need to sweeten it. Yeah, that like, in conjunction with, say, chocolate that's already sweet, that's yeah, fine. that's perfect. Like, like, if like Oreos and peanut butter. If you've fine. never had smooth peanut butter and Nutella in one sandwich, those are two great tastes that taste great together. That is perfection. The minute you, you, you hand to me a Reese's peanut butter cup, or a bag of Reese's Pieces, I will immediately assume that you hate me. Because you had the option of giving me M&M's. If so, is that like the black spot? Like if someone hands you <laughs> a bag of Reese's Pieces, you know that, that they have like ordered a hit on you? It's like a reverse black spot in that if you give me a bag of Reese's Pieces, you're dead to me. <laughs> um, you're saying, please kill me then. I'm not going to kill you, but you will be excised from my from my life and my, my social circle. What about peanut butter M and M's? Because those the peanut butter isn't sweet inside. Um, peanut butter M and M's, I'm more tolerant of, but I don't like them very much. I just I genuinely feel peanut butter does not belong in candy. It doesn't belong in the candy. It's no. You you add it to the candy when <laughs> yes. you want it. I will I will smear um oh. peanut butter all, all up and down a Milky Way oh. as long as my de- no, I would never do that. Um but also don't particularly like Snickers either and that has peanuts in it. Although in fairness, it's been a long time since I had a Snickers. I it's been years and years since I've had a candy bar of any persuasion, so I'm not an authority. You're not. When, when you were the authority. I don't think I've ever been the authority. What was your go-to candy as a as a candy-loving... I... Candy lover. Take five. Take five was my jam. Okay, yeah. If you need five minutes bar. to think about what... Okay, no, that's a bad joke. <laughs> that was awful. Thank you. Why don't... <laughs> you, said that, you said that was over with such enthusiasm. <laughs> I think I was just so affronted that you would make a terrible joke when I was trying to be genuine. Okay. Well, I apologize. But I like take five because I like salty and sweet. I, I must have had take five at some point. It's got caramel, peanut butter, pretzels, and peanuts. Yeah, that didn't do it for me. No. I like it because it's every texture it and every flavor. Yeah, it's a bar. Okay. Um, 
I have had Take 5. I also, really like Three Musketeers. Three I Musketeers like. I do. Sometimes like. you want to take five where you're encountering every texture in a single bite. And sometimes you just want no resistance when you bite <laughs> into the game. Sometimes you want a little resistance. Sometimes you want no resistance. And that's what Three Musketeers is You for. really are an all or nothing person. Yeah. It's a shame that you don't do candy anymore because... The British equivalent of uh, Three Musketeers is shockingly called a Milky Way, and it is more or less the same thing. It is the just the fluffy. What is the stuff in the middle? I don't know what the fluffy stuff. It's is It's just called. the fluffy. It's not nougat because nougat is the is the chewier stuff. Yeah, right? I think so. I don't know what the fluff fluff is called. Um, but it's just that they're smaller and it's lighter in the same way that a Whopper is like denser. It's too dense for me. I don't like Whoppers. They're too dense. But it's I love... denser than a Malteser. Yeah, I like Maltesers. Maltesers are kind of light and fluffy and if you set one down it will just float away. Milky Ways are very similar in that regard. A British Milky Way. Um, an American Milky Way is closer to a British Mars bar. Because American Milky Ways have caramel in them, right? Yes. I don't remember what else they have. Caramel and the... Fluffy. And the fluffy stuff? The fluffies, yeah. The fluffies? Yes. Caramel and the fluffies. Coming this fall to Cartoon Network. <laughs> I'm pitching that. If anyone who works at CalArts wants to do some really cool character designs, I'm just, I'm giving you no brief. I'm doing a reverse, uh, you know, Joseph Gordon Love It, dude. Love it. Joseph Gordon Love It. I'm doing a reverse. Joseph Gordon, I'm loving it. <laughs> that's what we're made of yeah where instead of giving you very specific pitches for the things that he wants you to make I'm giving you nothing go make it make it work designers make it work it's a TV show I did I can't forget Project Runway I want to say that sounds right neither of us are particularly like pop culture we're not tapped into the zeitgeist no I listen to medieval music all day we never really got to discussing the licorice pedophile. Yeah, we need to circle back around to that because we're losing steam. Oh man, but we just have to talk for twenty minutes and then we can clock out. Yay! This, I mean, this and is then a, we'll be free. This is a burner episode, guys. Oh no, we've had two kind of stinkers in a row. <clears throat> we don't know that this one stinks yet. We could still salvage this. I don't know if I can pull it back. There's so little to work with. It's, it is a cinematic screensaver. It is a. It is a nothing of a movie. I this think is what I really took away was just the very disturbing implications of when your body is candy. What practically does that mean for your life? Like when you cry, does your face dissolve? Man, there's some questions. Like happening Grandma here. Nut, she had a dog. The dog was a picnic basket filled with peanuts. Yes. Sometimes, Which, by the way, I object to because peanuts aren't candy. Shush, 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 shush. It's fine. No, it's not. Peanuts on their own are <gasps> the not candy. The dog was full of peanuts and periodically the dog would tip over and the peanuts would spill out. The dog lost its guts on the floor. It's gruesome. How, so how do we... What is there someone whose job it is to just follow this dog around and pick it's, up the nuts? I, I mean, he. I think the dog like scooped its nuts back in or maybe it does just... Maybe that's its equivalent of shedding. Mm. It just like sheds peanuts. Maybe. And maybe that's what they make the peanut butter out of. Is dog dog nuts? It's dog nuts, yeah. <laughs> dog nut peanut butter. Jeez. Because isn't peanut butter what perverts use on their nuts to get dogs to... Excuse me? I'll cut all this bit out, <laughs> but this is a thing. I remember in an episode of Orange is the New Black, there was a set piece where someone put peanut butter on their parts so a dog would lick it. 
Yes. That's happening. I feel like that's just asking for a yeast infection, though. I, I don't know enough about male or female parts. About female parts. Okay. About the whole pH situation. I know very little about that. You don't have to spell words in front of me. I'm not a child, okay? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I've only ever encountered in pop culture men doing that and putting peanut butter on oh, their God. testicular no, situation. No, 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 no. And then the dog licks that off, and apparently so that's, that's supposed why, to be erogenous. That's why you don't like peanut butter. That's why you I don't just, have an anti-peanut butter agenda. No, no, no. I like peanut butter. I just don't think it should be on in genitals. candy form oh. or in genitals. Peanut butter. Keep it away from your candy. Keep it away from your other candy. Somehow we always manage to bring it back around to genitals. Well, this film was a little kinkier than some of the other. It's been there we've had were a, kind a of... lot of yeah, just with the tentacle factor, and there's an emphasis. There's a lot of like butt-related gags, like yeah. people getting kicked in the butt or like just presenting the butt. And then everything's sticky. And everything is sticky and goopy and slimy and slippy, and you get dunked in it a lot. Yeah. So there's a lot of like. People covered in various forms of goop. Oh, I'm covered in peanut butter. Oh, I'm stuck to the frosting. Oh, I'm in a chocolate lake. Oh, there's a dog here. <laughs> Losing its guts. Yeah, it's it's not as horny a film as, say, Trolls oh. or My Little Pony, but there's enough of it that we notice. There's an undercurrent. Yeah. There's also just some, maybe not the healthiest messages about... How children should relate to adults. Yeah, I, Mr. Mint was... Mr. Mint is a deeply problematic character. Who Maybe we could spend some time unpacking for the edification of yeah, our young let's, audience let's do that. members. So Jib is journeying on his own to King Candy's Castle, which already to, is to a problematic journey. Offering. Yeah, and then Mr. Mint is also going the same way. Tags along, despite clearly being an adult, and is referred to in the movie as an adult in the affirmative. He's an adult man. Yeah, he's Greg Adultman. And, uh... He's the only one of his kind. He's probably an immortal. But he constantly makes poor choices throughout the movie to get, to take shitty shortcuts... Shortcuts and detours and, and distractions. play around and... Yeah. and like, his whole thing... About, there's a whole song that he has about how you, you, you've got to have fun... And they don't have fun because he constantly And Jib makes... just seems like, okay, like... There are several points in the movie where Mr. Mint, like, goes off and does something and Jib, like, alright, follows him. You don't have to travel with yeah, this man, Yeah, you can just Jib. go the way you were supposed to have gone in the first place. Do what you want and indeed need to do. Go be an adult. This is how this is where growing up happens. It's you all, all growing up is there are three things that happen that prove that you're an adult. Number one is you go to IKEA and look at the furniture on purpose, not because another person has dragged you there. You've made a conscious effort to go to the IKEA. I remember that milestone. Like the moment you catch yourself thinking, "I'm not sure about the fabric on this couch," that's adulthood straight away. Number two, if you have a favorite knife and fork. That doesn't have a picture of a pony or talking train on it. Like, if you go into the drawer and you think, yes, this is my fork. I will use this I mean, fork. we have a whole set yes. of forks and spoons that yes. we've had since college. Before we were married, my wife and I picked out our silverware pattern. But you made the choice. Yeah, I felt very grown up doing that. Yeah. 
that and that counts too. And there aren't any animals on our silverware. And the third thing that marks the transition to adulthood is acknowledging that the other adults around you are being fucking stupid and leaving. Just being smart enough to say, I'm out, I'm done. I don't need to babysit this peppermint monstrosity anymore. <laughs> and jib. Can we talk about that gumball creature as well, the yeah, shape-shifting, like, Odo gumball oh. creature? Oh, he was kind of like Odo. He was, a, if Odo didn't talk and... And was blue and creepy. He's kind of, you hated him when he, when he yeah, first Yeah, no, everything screen. about his face just sat wrong with me. But in fairness, you had the same thought when you met me for the first time. Yeah, but I've gotten used to you. Yeah. I'm sure I could get used to Odo gummy. He starts off looking like this kind of small, gummy... Dinosaur with a human face. Yes, which is a problem. Yeah. And then he briefly transforms into a cat and then a dog. And then that power basically gets used once within the narrative of the movie where the the, the gummy, shape-shifting Odo creature turns into a sign to divert Lord Licorice down the wrong path, which doesn't actually stop Lord Licorice. Well, there's also another point where where Gummy Odo turns into scissors and and frees the king from the licorice bondage situation. Which, you know, gummy scissors have a sharp edge to them. <laughs> very good for cutting. They're very other efficient gummy things. Yeah. There's a point in this movie where Mr. Mint says to Jib, who uh, I will remind you is a living gingerbread child, he says, run, run as fast as you can. You can't catch me. I'm the gingerbread man. Now, he's saying that enthusiastically because Jib just did a thing. Within the socio-political context of the movie, is that racist? Probably. Okay, cool. I think probably there are a lot of stereotypes associated with gingerbread persons. I, I know. That Jib has... <laughs> Jim has had to work against his whole life. He's had he's struggled against uh, anti ginger sentiment yeah. his entire life, which is something that I'm. People call him a ginger bread. <sighs> you are allowed to say that word because you are, right <laughs> but it did just. I did just oh, have no! a moment. Oh, it's no! not a good word. It's not a good word, and I heard it. A it's lot. not. It's not a word we use in America. So no. if it's genuinely like a terrible word, it's a, it's you can cut that all the way. There out. are people who will tell you that it's not a slur, and they're all not redheads. It's a fucking slur. It's a problem. It's a problem word. Did this just get way too real for Ginger Ben? There was a the mo- Ginger Ben man. I did just kind of have a moment of. This is why I left the UK. <laughs> I, I'm not kidding when I say... Over here, you're a magical creature. Yes. Back home, I'm barely human. I That's so weird to me. Because growing up, people were like, I love your hair. I wish I had your hair. That's one of the reasons I immigrated to America. I'm not kidding or exaggerating. People love your hair. Yeah. I'm they tall. I'm British. I've got red hair. These are all things that Americans love. Whereas back home, these are, you know... The worst traits. Yeah. Doesn't help that I have big ears as a kid as well. We're very, very off track from this this terrible. I wonder movie. what it is Let's about this movie that makes us want to talk about our deepest feelings. It's, it's that it's a bad movie. Um, I think let's just jump ahead and place this movie on the Lego emoji scale. Well, I do want to talk a little bit about the climax, the final yeah. set piece, mm-hmm. where everyone presents their offerings 
Oh, God, yes! Yeah. Yeah, so throughout the course of the movie, Jib had the icing, this super sticky icing, that he had to use at varying points throughout the adventure to... Uh, like, Mr. Mint broke his candy cane offering, so they had to fix that. And then it was used at varying points to nullify Yeah, uh, it was it was used against Lord Licorice to, to stick him in place so he couldn't run away with the magical scepter. And Jib runs out of the icing when the time comes to do the offering. So the, the whole thing is, like, everyone has placed their offering on the, the offering cake or whatever it is. And he's the only one without an offering, so they're like, well, the ceremony won't work now, because you fucked all the way up. And he climbs onto the cake and starts And starts sobbing. weeping. Yes. And then the sparkles and the, the glowing happens, and they're like, oh, it's fine, JK. <laughs> yeah, the king says something like, we always thought it was about the offerings, but it turns out it's about the people. But it make, he makes it sound like, oh, you're now the offering. I mean, I think at yeah, one point you're they, the liter- they yeah. literally say you're the offering, and it makes it sound like they are going to kill him. It- like, they're going to <laughs> sacrifice him. Yeah, it, it is a little culty. They're gonna, he, they're gonna put him in the wicker man, yeah. is what it sounds like. Uh, it does <laughs> not the seas not the seas candy <laughs> anyway but he's sobbing onto this cake and it makes the sparkles happen and he doesn't stop crying which does make it seem like the ritual is sustained by his misery but yeah like every year circum- like here's my theory is that Lord Licorice didn't want to take over Candyland but that every year when they do this ritual someone has to be driven to breaking point and they have to cry over the cake and this year it was Jib's turn. How how plausible is that? You know, it's as plausible as the actual plot of this movie, so I'm going to give it to you. Yay! Because um, if you think about it too hard, 0% of this movie checks out, logically. Yeah. We spent zero time talking about Princess... What's her name? With her Lolly. scepter. Princess Lolly. Oh my god. I was... I wrote a note of I don't know... Who is more annoying, Princess Lolly or Lickety Split from My Little Pony? Because yes. they both are characters that you hate and kind of want to die at least a little bit. Yeah. By the time you're halfway through the film, you are 100% on board with killing this character. Yeah. You just want them to go away um, by any means necessary. But it's complicated because she's also a young girl. She's a very little girl. Who doesn't like the, any of the responsibility that's been given to her. But she's also not really the focal point of this story. Like, she is secondary, other than the fact that she loses the scepter, which Lord Licorice uses to yeah. make Licorice happen. And she has to team up with Jib. Yeah. So in that sense, she's involved in the plot. But she feels very... Like, I... Rem- I, I we've the- been recording for 50 minutes. I just remembered she existed. Like I was at the point Did where... Did you purge her because you couldn't stand the sound of her grating voice? Because that's kind of where I am. It was annoying. Jib, I think they cast a young boy. Mm-hmm. They cast an, an actual, actual boy to yeah. voice Jib. I feel like they did the thing where they had a woman voice the like, the little yeah. girl. And it it's didn't... It's uncomfortable. It's you, uncomfortable. You definitely never lose sight of the fact that this is a grown woman saying these words yeah. and making these sounds in a recording booth. Yes. You and it gets uncomfortable. Yeah, it's just it just it just feeds into the whole fetishy aspect. She says "daddy" a couple of times. A lot. Yeah, Yeah. I mean it's 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 her literal father, so like it makes sense. But still, just hearing 
Anytime I hear a grown woman say daddy, like a, a, some of my brain cells die. <laughs> I can't help that. No. What else is there to say about this movie? Oh, jeez. Where does it fall? Let's do, let's just talk about, let's wrap it up. Let's wrap it up and get on with the rest of our lives. Um, where does this fall on the Lego emoji scale? I think it's, it's kind of in the middle again because it's not aggressively bad. It doesn't yeah. assault you with how bad it is. Yeah. But there's nothing redeeming about it, it's, I wouldn't say. It's it's fluff. It's just, it's on it's, until it isn't. It's, it's um, Three Musketeers filling. Yes. It's Milky Way filling. It's just, it's... You know what? I'm going to look up what that stuff is called. It is insubstantial. The thing about the Emoji, the Emoji Movie, which I know we keep coming back to because that is the nadir of this experience to date, the Emoji Movie was aggressively, maliciously bad. Whipped nougat. Whipped nougat. So it was nougat. This is okay. the wi- a whipped nougat. Yeah. Of a movie. I, you know, I, whipped and nougat. It's also kinky, like a whipped <laughs> nougat. Whipped nougat. I used to love it when he used to host the uh, the Macy's Day Parade, uh, <laughs> and it's a shame that he retired. This movie is nothing. This movie exists for grandparents to buy for their grandchildren for their birthday or Christmas, and that's it. I can't imagine that anyone believed in this movie while they were making it. This was paychecks. Yeah. This was... There are ways to make... I th- There are ways to take the ingredients of Candyland the board game. Keeping in mind that my understanding of Candyland is basically that level from Mario Kart 8, but a board game. Um, That's not wrong. No. You're close. I'm pretty close. Okay, good. That It's that as... As a movie, I think that the ingredients are there to make what could be a fun young children's adventure movie. I don't think they did that. No. And I don't even know that that's what they were trying to do. No. I feel like someone said to them, we have to make a movie based on this. And then they said, "Uh, alright, fuck it, I guess we're doing this. The last time I watched an animated movie that felt this insubstantial, it was the the Secret of Nim Two, Timmy's Adventure. Oh no! See, I grew up watching that, and I <laughs> kind of love it a it's little a, bit. It is. See, I can sing you the songs from you that movie. Really shouldn't. It's a bad film. It was, and it was but just one day I'll show the world I'm my father's son. With Eric Idle as the voice of whoever the bad guy. I can't even remember. I remember that. I think Harvey Corman. No. Some famous person was the voice of one of the cats. There were famous people in that movie. Yeah. See, I would watch that with you. I don't ever want to. I want to, though. I guess we're adding it to the list of Patreon movies. Yeah. Okay, I'll put it on the list. See, I would watch that again. Um, One day I will show the world. Oh, no. Okay, well, thank you for that. Um, I was waiting for you to stop me, and then you didn't. No, I wanted to see where this would go. (laughs) I could sing the whole song if I wanted to. Okay, Mike's Wheels. No. (laughs) I don't want to. Uh, What is our our next movie? We've kind of decided this one's very middle of the road. We need a good one. We need a break. We need a win. I would love to watch... The D&D movie at some point it's on. It's definitely on our list. We should add it to the next. It's on the list. I don't know yeah. when we're watching it. Our next movie is the Angry Birds movie. Which I hear is not bad. And they're making a second one. 
Now I'm just going to have Timmy's adventure, Timmy to the rescue, Timmy secret, secret of Nim. Timmy down the well. Timmy down the well stuck in my head. Yeah. Um, how much do you know about the Angry Birds movie? Nothing. I've never played Angry Birds in my life. I know that there's a bird in it, and it's um, red. Yes. There's also pigs in there green. Yes. Also, there's a bird that lays eggs. Yes. I've played the That's game. That's the extent of my knowledge. The game was kind of fun. It's one of those games, as you know, I mean, I play a lot of video games. Angry Birds is one of those as games you know, that... I hate games of all and... kinds. <laughs> you hate I fun. don't really care for fun. And... Fun and anxiety are indistinguishable <laughs> to my brain. <laughs> uh, that's, that's unfortunate for you. The Angry, Angry Birds is a game... Angry Birds. Angry Birds. Angry Birds. Ang- Angry Birds. Angry Birds. Angry Birds as a game is one of those games that gets kind of written off as a casual game by people who play gun games with a lot of guns in them. And I think that's an unfair label. There's a lot of like thought and strategy strategy that has to go into playing Angry Birds. Angry Birds. Angry Birds. Angry Birds. Yes. And, you know, this film probably came out past the peak of Angry mm, Birds yeah. as a game. But it did well enough. Um, and they're making another one. <gasps> really? Yeah. I feel like Angry Birds has been around for a while. It's been around 2010. For... Oh. It's not too long. Yeah, less than a decade. Eight years. I was expecting it to be more like ten. Yeah. But yeah, I feel like by the time something gets popular enough that you want to make a movie, it's going to be in development and production for two plus years, and by the time it comes out, it's no longer relevant. Well, we're we're, we're swinging around again for Mario Brothers, because we're going to get a Super Mario Brothers movie, I think, next year or the year after. But is it going to be good? It's going to be animated by Illumination, who are the same guys who did the Minions. Well, see that? Could be worse. I want to know who's voicing Mario. Mario. My hope is that they get... Charles Martinet is the voice of Mario in the video games. It makes sense to bring him in, but it also, I think, makes sense for the studio to bring in a name. Uh, And I would like to pitch as my name for Mario... Benjamin... Benjamin... Christopher Yeah. No, um, my pitch for Mario... This is perhaps uh, a a, a kind of a left field... I'm ready to judge you. A left field pitch. I'm ready to laugh uh, at this. Judy Dench. Oh, as the voice. I of would Mario. watch that. <gasps> can Helen Mirren be Luigi? Yes, Helen Mirren can be. I Luigi. would watch that. I would spend all my money to go see that. Yes. Now I do think Dennis Hopper needs to stay as Bowser. Okay. I know that Dennis Hopper has shuffled off this mortal coil. Why don't we just get Petunia Dursley to do it? To do it. Because because if because if he's gone. Then that means she she's the next in line. That's his consort, right? Well, I just think just use clips from other Dennis Hopper movies. Oh, oh you could probably cobble something together, Frankenstein something together. Yeah, I also want it to be a shot for shot remake of the. See, I don't. 90s I don't want movie. that. I don't want that. I'm trying to move away. But from But with that the nightmare. video game aesthetic. No, I don't know. Maybe if Helen Mirren were in it. Yeah, I think she saves most bad movies. She's done some shit, right? Actually, I don't watch the bad movies. I just watch the And Judy ones. Dench. And Judy Dench. I know she's done some bad movies because she did a couple of Bonds that were not great. How much Bonds? James Bond. I've seen. The Kill, have you seen? I've seen Casino Royale. It's a good film. And. Mm-hmm. Two more. <laughs> who was who? Who was Bond in them? The blonde guy, Daniel Craig. Yes. So you've probably seen 
Uh, I've seen all the Daniel Craig ones except the most recent one. Okay, so you've seen um, uh, Quantum of Solace and Skyfall. Yes. Okay. We should do a James Bond podcast. Why? Two people who know nothing about James Bond watch Watch James James Bond. Bond. Yeah. And we can call it The Bonds of Friendship. Oh! (laughs) Oh, that's so sweet. Yeah, we already have a podcast, though. Oh. So we can't do it. Dang it. Or maybe we'll do it as a Patreon bonus podcast. You know... There are options. Yeah, we have plenty of options. We're still discussing the possibility of doing a Patreon. I don't think this is the episode to launch it because this has been bad. This has been a mistake, every aspect of this. And it's on me because I chose this movie. I looked up this movie. It was me who entered in Candyland Movie to Google. Hit enter. (laughs) But I think we need episodes like this to remind us of when the good times are good. We need to know when the good times are good and the bad times are bad. and when the mediocre times. Uh, These are bad times. These are lean years. We'd also pitched the idea of playing Candyland while we recorded, and we didn't do that. We didn't do that. Because that would involve buying a Candyland. Yeah, I didn't want to spend the money. Yeah, I don't think either of us did. But hey, maybe when we do Battleship. I feel like that would be painfully boring. Yeah, almost certainly. Also, I'm just terrible at Battleship. Yeah. I'm very good at Battleship. Okay. Well, we know how this is going to... Cool. Because you've never played before? <laughs> no. In that I, case, I'm also undefeated. No, I've played Battleship. Okay. I'm pretty good at Battleship. But that I think that's it. I'm going to call it. This episode yeah, is bad. This episode is bad, and we're very sorry. Ordinarily, I would tell you thank you very much for listening to the Life Toy Attic with Ben and Molly. Um, but uh, it's not so much a thanks as it is... You shouldn't, we shouldn't be thanking you, we should be apologizing. Yeah, we can't thank you in good conscience. We, yeah, so we apologize for this week's episode. We can't give you a guarantee that they're going to get any better. Um, if you want, if, if inexplicably you liked this episode, do feel free to go onto iTunes or Skitcher or whatever your podcast platform of choice is and leave a nice positive review. I don't know why a person would choose to do that after listening to the preceding hour, but hey, you do you, man. Keep fucking that chicken. Yeah, leave us a review. Podcasts like this, Survive on word of mouth. So uh, tell people um, that the podcast is better than this. Than it actually is. Yeah, or just don't tell people about this episode. But thank you as always to Brian Melblum for providing us with the uh, Toyetic Toe Tapper, our delightfully jaunty kazoo-heavy piece of theme music. If you want to tweet at us, talk to us, we are on, on the social medias. We're on Twitter, at the, Life Toy, at, at the Life Toyetic. We are on Tumblr, thelifetoyetic.tumblr.com. Our website is thelifetoyetic.com. You can shoot an email to us at show at thelifetoyetic.com. If you shoot us an email, maybe we'll read your email on the show. We haven't had many of them yet, because this is a very young podcast, with episodes like this one, which make people not want to listen. <laughs> But we try our best. And if you have a question for us, um, if you have any feedback, we would love to hear it. Thank you for listening to The Life Toyetic with Ben and Molly. I've been Ben. I've been and still am Molly. And The Life Toyetic comes with everything you see here. The quality content you come to this podcast for is most definitely sold separately. That'll do it.